Good Friday, everybody, and welcome back to another Focus Friday with Nate. Uh, I am doing this one pretty early uh, because I was sitting here just, you know, uh, meditating, uh, letting God download some things into me. Um, <clears throat> and one of the things that he he downloaded into me, I, I had to get on here and release it, record it right away because I didn't want to lose it. Um, and he said, he said, Nate, you're teaching about the people's identity that I have laid out for them on who they are in my word. And yet some of them still can't seem to grasp it. They can't seem to understand that they just have to let me, let me mold them into who they are. But they don't want to release their dirt. Guys, He's saying that you don't want to release your dirt. You don't want to let go of the carnal things that you keep saying that you are. And it's, it's getting to the point where I agree with my apostle, not mad at you. I'm mad at the devil because you're allowing him to, to manipulate you. To make you think that you're not worthy to be who God says you are. And you are. Because God says you're worthy. So you're, you're going to sit there and say... counter to what the word says. You're going to contradict what God is saying that you are because of how you feel, because of your emotions. Why? See, a lot of you don't understand this and you might not even realize that you're doing it. But whenever you start speaking things that are contradictory to what the word says you are, you take on those things as identity. Whenever, whatever you speak out of your mouth, you manifest for yourself, for your life, for your family, for your children. As a matter of fact, Proverbs 18, 20, and 21, and this wasn't in my notes. None of this was in my notes. This was just me praying this morning and God downloaded some stuff into my spirit that I, I needed to, to get out there. Proverbs 18, 20, and 21. Wise words satisfy like a good meal. The right words bring satisfaction. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. And that's not just negative. That's not just negative talk. That's also positive talk. You will reap whatever you speak out of your mouth. If you constantly sit there day after day and say, I'm just so tired. I'm exhausted. I'm never going to get any rest. I'm just going to just live in a state of, of, of exhaustion or I'm, I'm sad all the time. I guess this is how it's always going to be. 
or I'm poor, or I'm sick, or all I ever do is have headaches. That's all I'm ever going to be is one big walking headache, or my body hurts. I always have pain. I'm always going to have pain. Yes, you are, because you are manifesting your own identity. Whenever you say, I am, followed by something, you are allowing your words to create who you are by speaking that into existence. We have to stop it. We have to say things like, Lord, I, I feel tired right now, but I know you're going to energize me. You're going to give me supernatural strength to continue to do what I need to do. You're going to turn this around. You're going to give me strength. You're going to give me energy. You're going to, you're going to sustain me. Because the Bible says when, when, when I am weak, then, then I am strong because his strength empowers us. If you say things like, okay, well, sickness, this is, I've gotten to the point where if I, if I feel like some kind of sickness is trying to attack my body, I do not say I'm getting sick or I am sick. I say I can feel some kind of sickness trying to attach itself to my body. I do not claim it. Lord, you are healer. You protect me. If you want me to have a supernatural healing through prayer, do it. If not, I will go get some medicine and we will together with prayer and medicine, it will supernaturally accelerate the effects of the medicine and this sickness will not attach itself to my body. I do not claim sickness anymore. That's how people in our church right now who have been diagnosed with cancer say, no, cancer cannot attach itself to my body. And then the very next appointment, your cancer is in remission or your cancer is gone or your cancer is shrunk and we don't understand it. They don't understand it because God doesn't work in a way that we can always understand him. But people, we have to get to the point where we are looking at situations and we are speaking life into them. We are speaking positive things over them. We are speaking the word of God over them and over ourselves because that's who we are. We are not sick. We are not fearful. We are not afraid. We do not have anxiety. We do not carry anxiety. There's a difference between feeling anxious about a situation, which, by the way, the Bible still says to be anxious about nothing but in everything, be prayer and fasting. We're not supposed to carry anxiety. We're not supposed to be on anxiety medication. We're not supposed to be on blood pressure medication. Our body was created in a perfect, specific way so that we can work for the kingdom of God. And we've gotten to the point where we've put things in our own body. We've done things to ourselves and we've allowed the enemy to manipulate us into thinking that if we don't do exactly this step right here, then we're not going to be able to do what we need to do. And the Bible already said, we are made whole. We are made whole. The Bible says we are whole. That is a part of our identity. We are whole. I am healed. 
I am well. I am prosperous. Stop saying that you're poor. You might not have money right now, but you're the, you're the son. You're the daughter of a king. Worldly possessions do not matter. Yes, in the physical world, money gets you things. But when you die, where does it go? Doesn't go in the grave with you. I'm not saying that it's wrong to, to want worldly things. But when that's all we get caught up on, that, oh, well, I'm poor, so I, I need to work more and avoid these other things that God's telling me to do, because if I don't have money, then I can't live. Well, now you're not going to be able to because you just spoke it over yourself. You manifested those things. And I'm sorry, I'm still not to where my notes are. None of this is in my notes. I'm just speaking as the Holy Spirit gives me the words. So cast that dirt aside. Let go of your carnal thinking. Stop saying these things over yourself because those of us who are parents, your children are listening. Yesterday was a really tough day, parenting-wise. My son would not listen for anything, and I was, I, I've disciplined him. I sat down and talked to him. I've tried to get him to calm down. I did not spare the rod. And it got to the point where I just sat down in a corner away from everyone and cried because I was thinking to myself, I allowed the enemy to get into my thought. And that's probably, probably why God spoke this to me. I was sitting there in a corner crying, saying, what am I doing wrong? Why is my son acting like a crazy person right now? Nothing I'm doing is getting through to him. Nothing is being effective. And it got, it even got to the point where me and Maddie were so fed up with, with everything. Just what was going on at work yesterday was tough. Uh, I'm not going to get into that, but I was just so frustrated yesterday. I had so much frustration within me and I was praying. I was like, God, please, I don't want to blow up at anybody. Please take this frustration from me. Let me, let me find some way to, to vent this off. So that I'm not doing anything hurtful to my family. So I don't say something hurtful to my family. And me and Maddie got into an argument in front of Grayson. And I got convicted. I said, babe, I got to go. We'll, we'll calm down and we'll talk about this in a little bit. Because our son was watching us. And the Holy Spirit was like, you're, you're showing him character. You're showing him identity in doing these things. We have to be more mindful when we're around our children and what we do and say, because what we speak out of our mouth, they are like sponges. They absorb that and then they think it's who they are. They think that they're, they're from a, a home where there's nothing but arguing. There's nothing but yelling. There's nothing but chaos. So we have to, to, in the physical realm, we have to allow the Spirit of God to lead us to turn that around. 
so that our atmosphere is different. So our children can feel that atmosphere switch. Guys, I'm, I'm going to get into my podcast notes now, but I just, that was just on my heart heavy. God just laid that on me this morning. Proverbs 18, 21, once again, the tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. Another version says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So whatever you speak into your atmosphere, you're going to reap those those consequences, whether it's good fruit or bad fruit. Whether it's, it's pleasant and sweet or sour and gross, you're going to eat whatever fruit comes from the, that, that talk. Whatever you release out of your mouth will manifest in your life. So speak positive things. Speak good things. And I want to find that other verse real quick on what the Bible says to speak on. Yes. Okay. So it's Philippians four verses six through eight. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition or fasting in some verses, in some translations with Thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. And when you think about these things, this is me now, this is in the Bible. When you think about these things, say them, speak them out loud. Let the enemy hear your praise and, and your your. Whatever things are good, whatever things are excellent and praiseworthy, let the enemy hear you speak those things because once you do, he can't touch those things unless you allow him to, unless you curse your own blessing by saying, well, yeah, I I know that I'm making more money. Thank you, God, for allowing me to make more money, but I'm still broke. I'm still not going to have anything. You're cursing. Blessings and cursings cannot come from the same mouth. You either curse it or you bless it. You can't have both. You can't have your cake and eat it too in, some, in that sense. You have to say one or the other. That is the same thing as being lukewarm. You cannot honor God for blessing you and then say, but it's not enough. Whew, that's, you can't do that. Bless it. Bless it. Bless it. Bless it, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for giving me more than I can I, I deserve. I thank you, Lord, for allowing what you've given me to stretch. I thank you for supernaturally stretching what you've given me to make it more than enough. 
God, you have always been there for me and you've always made sure that I have what I need. Those, that's how we, we honor God. That's how we come to him with thanksgiving. Yeah, we might be in a tight situation, but speak bounty over it. Speak more than enough over it. Okay. So. Okay. Let me get let me get into my podcast mode now. Whew. Thank you, Lord, for that, that word. Thank you for releasing that through me. So last week was who we are, part one. This is part two. As of right now, unless Lord releases another word like that, this is the last part. And we're starting with 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children, and that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know this, that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. And I've said it in a couple of different podcasts, I think, that we are reflections of God. We are made in his image. We are spirits enrobed in flesh, just as Jesus was whenever he robed himself in flesh. The Bible says that God robed himself in flesh and dwelt among us. And you can read John chapter 1 for that reference. The people who have not yet accepted Christ as Lord and Savior don't know that we are from the same stock. We, are, we belong to the same Father. Those who have not yet begun seeking the kingdom of heaven cannot see who we are. If those who are in the world or of the world would seek God, then their identities, I believe, would be revealed as they were to us. And they would be able to see that we are God's sons and daughters and that he is showering favor down on us constantly. Even in the midst of all of this world's crazy chaos and uncertainty, we can be certain of who he is and who we are in him. He also says that we will be like him when he comes back for us. We will no longer have this battered physical appearance, these, these sore joints, these wounds, these cuts, these scars, but we will see the spirit in true form. It's incredibly intricate, and I can't even fully wrap my mind around it right now or describe it in a way that could do it justice. But one thing I do know for certain is that when he returns, all of the things that I think I need to worry about, it won't be of any concern to me anymore. Your opinions of my past won't matter. Your opinions of my ministry won't matter. Your opinions that I shouldn't even have a ministry because of my past won't matter. I'm doing what I'm doing because God told me to do it. And I don't need man's approval to do what he's told me to do. He just said to release what I tell you to release and I will bless it. That's what I'm doing. Just like the lions in the den Daniel was thrown in. He said, I will shut the mouths of your enemy if you just focus on me. 
So that's what I'm doing. So what you have to say about me or my life or my ministry is of no concern to me anymore. Because God's going to handle it if you try to curse my, my ministry, what I'm doing, what I'm doing for his kingdom. The Bible says, touch not mine anointed. And I promise you, I'm anointed to do this. And it doesn't matter if you think I am or not. I don't care. I don't need man's approval anymore. I don't need their, their confirmation anymore to walk in what God has laid out for me to do. What I'm trying to do is just get as many people as I can to join me on this journey to heaven. On this journey to, to live eternity in the presence of the one who created us. I want all of you who are listening to have life everlasting, to have eternity in the presence of the Savior who wants to show you so much love, you'll not be able to hold it. You'll not be able to contain it within yourself, and you'll have to share it with everyone around you so you can bring people with you too. Guys, we're, we're basically carpooling to heaven. I'm trying to get as many people in my bus as possible so that whenever it's time to go, no one that has listened to the sound of my voice gets left behind. But if you do, it's your fault, not mine. Because I'm telling you exactly what God's told me to tell you. And if you want to accept it, fine. If not, that's, that's fine too. That's your decision. It's between you and God. You're responsible for your own self now that I've told you what you need to know. John 15, 4 and 5. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. And this is what I'm trying to do. He said we are the branches that produce fruit, but only if we remain in him. He is a life-giving vein in which all things prosper. We cannot wield fruit without receiving lifeblood from him. Guys, here's the incredible thing about our God. Even if you've severed yourself from him and have been doing your own thing for a while, you can repent and make a 180, turn away from that, that life of sin and say, God, I don't want to live like this anymore. I'm sorry that I've, I've not trusted in you and I haven't followed you and I haven't done what, what makes you happy. I don't want to do this anymore. Tell him that you want to join him again and follow him and sacrifice your own desires to abide in his. Do it and he will bring you back into him. You will be reconnected and you can begin to grow in him again and prosper and produce fruit as if you had never been severed. Your life can be restored. We are all branches and he is the vine. Don't just give up because if you do and you don't make the effort to reconnect with your father and do what he is asking you to do, the Bible says he will cast you away like a withered useless branch that produces no fruit. You will be cut off from his presence. And that's not my opinion. That's what the word says. But until one of two things happen, you do have the opportunity to resolve your sinful nature. It's either until you die or he returns. One of those two things happens and it's over. No more chances. But right now you have a chance to rejoin his people who are destined for heaven. Don't wait and procrastinate on things like 
oh, well, I just, I have plenty of time. I'm still young. You don't know. You don't know. Why take, why, why risk it? Don't wait. Procrastination on asking for forgiveness and turning your desires over for his is not something that we should be comfortable with. Especially those of us who have felt his presence. And you know when you feel his presence and love because there is literally nothing like it, guys. Now, I'm aware this is part two and that it's a little different than how I approached it last week. But I, I feel like God is being more blunt this week. So I'm giving to you as straight as he gave it to me. And I'm telling you exactly what he's telling me you need to hear. We are not our own. We were created for a purpose. We were brought into his kingdom, into co-heirs with Christ, with the price of Jesus dying on a cross and spilling his blood to cover our sins. His sacrifice erases all of our errors. He said he will remember them no more. His grace and love will cover anything you you feel can't be forgiven. He is waiting for you to open the door to your heart and invite him in. He wants to abide in you and you in him. He knows how everything ends, but is giving you the free will to choose him and to give up what you want for what he wants. His ways have always been above our ways and his ways will always be what's best for us to prosper in his kingdom. Psalms 139, 13 through 16 says this. You made all of my all of the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well you know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Guys, he created every fiber of our being, from our personality to the color of our eyes. He laid it all out for us, according to his purpose, before our parents ever ever met, before our parents ever met each other and decided to get married and have babies. Or maybe they just had babies. Either way, your life was still planned by the creator. He still has kingdom mandates for you to walk in, If you choose him. When we decide to walk in who we are in him and ask him to show us who he created us to be, he will show you the steps to take and will guide you through those steps to ensure we succeed. Just as Joseph did and all he did ended up being second in command over an entire nation. When we allow God to lead us into our identity, the only thing that can possibly come from that is success and prosperity, even if we don't have physical earthly wealth. His word promises that we will have riches in heaven, and it's so important to follow his plan for our lives so that we become his version of who we are. His word says so much about this. Just research it. Dive deeper into this. Don't just leave it here. Search it. Learn it. Decree it over your lives. You were created for so much more than you think. He knows his purpose for you. He calls us his friends. His word says that we are no longer slaves to him because a master does not confide in his servant, but because we are 
friends of God, he will show us his plan for us. Take that leap of faith. Stop walking blindly through life just to fall in a trap and lose it. Let God show you who you are. Let him lead you in his perfect ways and allow him to light up every aspect of your being so that you can step into your kingdom identity and live his purpose for your life. You don't have to wonder who you are. God is ready to show you. Guys, that's it. That's all I got. Thank you for listening. Please, please, please share this one with everyone you know. Someone needs to hear this, and I don't want them to miss it. Just because we're afraid of sharing God with people. If we lose friends because of our relationship with Christ, so be it. Nothing on this world is going to prevent me from my relationship with Christ anymore. I'm not going to allow fear or uh, name-calling or or my past or people's knowledge of my past or anything else to prevent me from sharing who God is and how he's changed my life. Share this with everyone you know. I love you guys. I hope you guys have a great weekend. Bye.